Alright, here we are, episode 3. Where do we go from here? So today, November 4th, we just heard the non-election results last night, and we're just kind of in this state of limbo. We've got some huge battleground states that still have not been called, obviously due to the mail-in voting. We'll get into some of the details there. Uh, I also want to maybe give you a quick rundown on where we can project that Trump is probably going to win or Trump is probably going to lose. We'll get into a little bit of that, the uh, busted water pipe in Georgia, uh, and then a lot of news networks calling for uh, claiming big gains in the Latino and black votes for, you guessed it, Donald Trump. And then how about these 128,000 mail-in votes mysteriously found in Michigan? What do you know? All of them for Biden. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to just quickly let you know that I have hope. I think that this is a, a good day for us to all decide to come together and think about the big picture, not so much the rat race, um, the over sensationalized election results that were going on last night. And uh, with that, let's get into it and let's be calm. Huh? Okay, thanks for being here. Super happy you're here. In case you haven't noticed, we've dropped three episodes uh, three days in a row. That's not typically what we'll do, but because I decided to start this thing right at election time, I wanted to keep up with the news stories and have those out there. But uh, after today, we will go to one episode a week. Every now and then, if there's a a huge hot-button issue, I won't put it off till the end of the week. I'll I'll do a short uh, bonus episode during the week. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us and like us on Facebook. If you like uh, just how how I'm either reading the news or giving you my perspective, if it seems a little bit refreshing to maybe not have somebody come out here and be so pro-Trump or so pro-Biden or vice versa, anti-Trump, anti-Biden. Um, if you like that, then give us a give us a share. Share us with your friends and your network. Give us a, a like and a follow. Rate us on Apple uh, podcasts. There are still a lot of people that just don't even know what this whole podcasting thing is. So we really want to make a dent in that market and get a positive, um, rational voice out there. And if I'm anything, I am maybe a little bit too rational at times. Just ask my wife. Uh, but with that said, let's get into the uh, election non-results that we got last night. Uh, I did stay up until after Trump's non-acceptance speech. Um, I watched uh, various states closing. Of course, California went blue. Uh, of course, D.C. went blue. Hawaii went blue. Illinois. Um, what was another one? Maine went blue, but I think Susan Collins, the Republican, kept her seat from what I saw. Um, your New Mexico's, your New York. Um, there is a big one. Well, Wisconsin, they have not called for Biden yet, but it's looking pretty good. Of the battleground states that are still up for grabs, Wisconsin would be the one that I would predict is going to go Biden. The rest of them are trending right now. I'm looking at the Apple News Spotlight. And uh, of course, they called Florida for Trump. Uh, they prematurely, I believe, many people believe, they called Arizona for Biden with a lot of mail-in votes still coming in. Now, of course, everybody's saying the mail-in votes are going to go mostly towards uh, the the blue side, towards Biden. Excuse me. But that's not something I'm I'm ready to concede just 100% yet. Um, 
especially a state like Arizona, I, I, I think there's still some hope there for the Trump party, but that aside, huge win in Florida. Um, you hear a lot as, as Florida goes, so goes the country. We've got Georgia that they're saying cannot be called yet. So there, there's a couple of things with Georgia. There's about a two-point difference, 48% blue, 50% Trump, with 94% reporting. So they're they're getting there, but I believe earlier last night before the polls opened, or it might have been after, I'm not sure, uh, there was a water main that busted in a wall or something and shut down the polling location. Now, they did say that the water didn't damage any of the paper ballots, but that is is causing a delay in them calling Georgia. But again, I do believe that's going to go Trump. Uh, Michigan right now is a one-point lead for Biden with 96% reporting. Michigan, I think, is one of those states that if Trump wins, which I think he could, I mean, that that's jobs country. That's, a, that's an area that's been controlled by the Democrats for a long time. And if we're seeing anything right now, we're seeing not necessarily a wave, but we are seeing momentum going towards the Republican Party, especially exactly where the Democrats would not want to see it. Uh, and that's with a Latino and black vote. All the major news networks, I was flipping back and forth between four. It was uh, CBS, ABC, Fox News, and then I put on The Blaze which if you're not familiar with the blaze, I'll, I'll discuss them a little bit later at the end of the show, because I got a point to make there with the uh, major news networks versus subscription platforms. But uh, so yeah, they have not called Michigan yet. The uh, looks like they are. Um, they did call Minnesota for, for Biden. Not too surprising there. North Carolina is one that the momentum is on the Republican side. And then the, the real big one that I think is going to um, really give us an answer of where this is heading is Pennsylvania. Trump has got a significant lead, but only 64% of the, the votes tallied because of such a heavy uh, mail-in voting. Um, just the sheer numbers of mail-in ballots that still need to be counted. And so this brings me to just, I hear a lot of people saying that the, the system is so antiquated that there, there's got to be ways. There's, there's a lady, I don't know what her name is. She looks like a younger version of Oprah on Fox last night said it two or three times and everybody just kept shooting her down and she wouldn't wouldn't take the hint but she kept saying how is it that we're in 2020 and we have such an antiquated voting system now we did see i I think that the general population right now especially the younger voters are thinking well why isn't there an app or a website for this yet well that's that was tried during the midterm elections in 2018 and the states that did try it i think it was one or two democrat states the app crashed it was just technical difficulties all over the place and the the actual results of some of those those um elections are almost i mean it's it's almost an asterisk at this point um but some more big news is is that Trump did keep Texas. So moving on from Pennsylvania, we'll see what happens there. They're saying we probably won't hear anything until the end of today, potentially towards the end of the week. I would hope it would not stretch much past Wednesday into Thursday. But if we see uh, the, a no call up to Friday, I mean, at some point, even Biden's going to jump on the we won train. And then we're, it's just going to at that point be a, a court battle. But bottom line, the Democrats don't want a court battle because if it goes to the Supreme Court, uh, I, I know that they're going to assume that Amy Coney Barrett is going to side with Trump. 
I believe that she was put into the Supreme Court because she would not just side with any political party. She has a track record of being very fair. So I would hope that she would um, honor the calling of the of the office that she holds and uh, vote accordingly. Not necessarily either direction, but she would follow the facts. Um, so yeah, one of the, the things that people were talking about was Texas potentially flipping. You've got a lot of Californians moving into Texas. You've got a lot of, uh, Latino votes in Texas and you've got a lot of very, very blue counties, Bear County being one of them. You heard talk about San Antonio, Texas all over the news last night. And that's for good reason. One, it's military city. That's going to lean red, but then it's also very, uh, uh heavy, Latino population, which is of course going to lean blue, but what they are saying, and again, I heard this on multiple networks last night, the Latino vote and even the black vote are really favoring for Trump. And some of the things that I've heard is that it's not necessarily the, the, the turnout for Latino and black vote voters is very low considering how many are in that population. So it's not necessarily that that 13 or whatever percent of the population that's been voting predominantly blue. It's not that Trump is stealing some of those. It's that there are new voters and they showed across the country that the new voter registrations are heavily favoring the Republicans. And so people out there who have before decided, ah, my vote doesn't count. My state's going to go red or blue no matter what. I mean, that's always a temptation in Texas. We saw that with the uh, Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz, uh, runoff where that was, I think, a two point difference uh, here in, in southern Texas, and that that it does not bode well for Republicans. However, um, I think the the polarization of this administration and polarization isn't maybe the best word, but just the line drawn in the sand of okay, what direction do you want this country to head in? I think that that played very well for Trump last night and even into this morning. I haven't seen a whole lot of um, polls or anything showing that Trump is being overtaken in these battleground states that he holds. And let's be clear, that's Pennsylvania by a large margin, North Carolina, uh, and Georgia. And so with those states, then you've got Wisconsin that is leaning Biden. And then you've got uh, Michigan slightly by one point leaning Biden. I think that there's, I think this race is Trump's to lose, which is a stark contrast from uh, what we saw in the polls leading up to the election, which everybody was calling for a blue wave. Everyone was saying that Biden was going to win by a landslide. And some very important counties in Florida last night were showing massive numbers for Trump, where either he lost it in 2016 of course, barely, or he won it barely in 2016, but this time he's far exceeded expectations. So the polls, throw the polls out. The polls are done. It's complete bull crap. And I, I'll get into that point in just a second as well. Um, I was going to get into my wife's voting experience last night a little bit. I'm going to push that towards the end because that I have a feeling I'm going to go down some tangents there as I am prone to do. But something I grasped last night was the calm going on on the news networks. I was following Black Lives Matter, uh, Antifa, the Occupy socials, especially DC, Black Lives Matter DC. And I wasn't seeing a whole lot of violence or calls to question the results. Of course, there were no real results as far as a definitive um, confirmation for nomination last night. But uh, there, there were some scuffles in the streets in D.C., but those got 
taken care of pretty quick. Uh, I did see a, a very weird moment where there were uh, bicycle police that were across the street blocking traffic, facing there you know two rows facing back to back, surrounded by demonstrators, protesters, obviously all clad in black, some of them with baseball bats and face masks on. And they ended up pushing those police out and just the police were leaving and they were just yelling and screaming at those police. That's as much as I saw. I was still watching the coverage, so I don't know exactly what resulted from that. But other than that, uh, I saw one or two just fist fights in the streets in D.C. But other than that, it seemed pretty quiet. Thank God. Now, the I guess you'd say the more vocal activist groups from the left that I've seen that were... um, really pushing for more of an offensive, depending on the results. I think even they were concluding that nothing would be heard on November 3rd. And so November 4th today would be the day. Um, I think some more of these battleground states will be called after lunch break today. And I think that's going to start telling us what's going to happen when the sun goes down tonight. So we'll see. Um, so I think that that pretty much catches us up on the polls. I'm, I'm going to keep watching these. And of course, I'll be posting stuff on, on Facebook. That's Point B Podcast on Facebook. But just bottom line right now, you got Biden claiming 238 electoral votes and Trump at 213. 270 is needed to win. We're very, very close to that. Pennsylvania is going to be huge. Um, and Alaska is one of those toss-up states that they're saying is leaning towards Biden. Not necessarily a battleground state, but it's one of those that kind of just flip-flops and it is leaning Trump. So that's good news for the Trump crowd. Uh, as far as the um, House and Senate go, I believe last I saw, and let me pull up the live results here. Last I saw the Democrats were um, favored for the House still. Um, Apple Spotlight right now is showing Democrats at 47, Republicans 47 in the Senate. Repub- uh, Republicans have held on to 16 and picked up one seat. Democrats have held on to 10 previously held seats and they've picked up two. So that is still going to be pretty split down the middle. We're see- we'll see where the majority lands. I'm predicting a, a slight majority to the red. Uh, and then in the House, I think the Republicans, I don't know if they'll take over, but I think they'll close the gap a little bit. Um, and the House Democrats have held the 191 seats and they've picked up two. And the Republicans have held 178 previously held seats and they've picked up seven new seats. So um, we'll see where the momentum goes as far as Congress is concerned. Moving on from that, I I wanted to, hopefully for your drive home today, maybe speak a little bit of calm and reason into your head before you get home and, you know, deal with dinner and putting the kids down and chores and all that. And then you sit down and start watching the news. And I want to, man, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm going to try and open up my mic a little bit. (laughs) I woke him up. That is my, that's my dog Rocco dreaming over there. Um, Keep it down. Uh, But anyway, so before you turn on the news, just maybe try to put some perspective behind behind what you're going to see. Number one, the polls have been ridiculously wrong, just as they were in 2016. So when you see the talking heads start referring to polls again, shut them off. Um, and that leads me into the, 
what leads me into what the the failure of the pollsters the failure of the news media to accurately predict this election just completely wrong worse than they did in 2016 it highlights to me a, a sad truth but something that we need to come to terms with and that is the news media is shifting the the power of the news media is decreasing and what i mean by that is it's not going away it is shifting it is moving to voices like mine to voices like yours to just individual pods subgroups on facebook and other social media platforms youtube and you know obviously if you're on social media more than once or twice a day you see all the little subgroups out there that facebook is actually kind of pushing um, and, and promoting and you see that there's a subgroup for everybody. I got invited to a subgroup for people who post pictures of corn. Yes, corn. And everybody is supposed to react with an angry reaction or whatever you want to call that. And I don't understand the point, but I, I, I got invited to the group and approved to come in. And so now I'm just watching and it's, it's just freaking weird. But hundreds and hundreds of people in this group and it's, it's amazing to me. But what that tells me is everybody's got their little pods. And so trying to, to adjust the mindset of the American people on a broad scale, I don't think is realistic anymore. I think we are becoming a little bit more tribal or not even a little bit. We really are becoming very much tribal in nature compared to what we were, you know, let's say 9, 12, 2001, we're, we're isolating, self-isolating, which could be healthy, could be not, we'll see. Um, but what that leads me to is the fact that voices like you and I, small voices that just appeal to a smaller sub-demographic, that's where the power is going to be. And I really think that this next election, uh, so it be 2024, is, I think it's going to be a grassroots-led election, and I think we're going to see much more third-party influence and I think um, it's going to be, depending obviously how President Trump does in his second term, assuming he wins, that's where I'm leaning right now, um, I think that is going to be much more grassroots, meaning you're not going to have as much of an influence from the mainstream media, from the big cities. You really are going to see more of an appeal to the smaller um, smaller groups of people, not just the big cities. And so with that when there's a, a large shift in power and influence, you kind of either have to ride that wave or get swept up by the uh, undertow. And so if we're going to ride that wave and see where it's leading us, I think we have to start embracing these subscription platforms that they can't exist without subscribers. That's, you know, monthly fees or yearly fees, whatever. And, and I think it's important to find those voices that you can trust and support them that way. It really is a monetary support because they don't have the advertising capabilities like a Fox News or a CNN. And I have to apologize real quick if you can hear that dog barking. There's some crackhead that lives below me and literally is just passed out all day. And every 10-15 minutes wakes up and yells at their dog to stop barking. Beautiful German Shepherd. But that dog barks all day long because I can hear this lady slam her door on the dog and the dog is just barking and barking every now and then the door is whipped open and I hear something thrown and I hear yelling and I, I'm obviously really angry about it I love dogs and I, I hate when people mis mistreat animals it, it really is just a, a very good indicator of their overall character um, 
but <laughs> I'm going to stop judging my downstairs neighbor now. Um, so with that said, I personally, I go to the blaze, the blaze ever increasingly they're, they're starting to really just become more of a kind of a troll site on their, in some of their news articles, they are really pushing for the Republicans, obviously, um, which I don't like as much, but they do have some journalists within the organization that I really do trust, really do follow. One of them being Elijah Schaefer, who is not backed down from going into these hot spots of protest and rioting and making sure that the American people get to see that. I want to support that. So a lot of these subscription sites, 10 bucks a month or whatever, it's, it's the cost of Netflix, but you're supporting people who make a conscious effort to not be beholden to advertisers on a cable news site. Somebody like Glenn Beck of the blaze, who could have a show on a Fox News or a CNN, maybe not nowadays CNN, but back in you know the old days, he was on CNN. But people like that, who to me, I trust his voice because he's done, he's, he's always done something, not always, but maybe in the past few years that really speaks to me and that is lead with your failures. So if you got something wrong, lead with it. Say, yes, I got this wrong. And here's what I've learned from it. He's got a very good habit of doing that. So just on a, a mindset on a principle standpoint, I like to hear his words, but that may not be for you. You may be a Ben Shapiro. You may be a Candace Owens. You may be whoever it is on the left that has a big voice that you trust, figure out who they are and support them because that is important because as, um, Tucker Carlson said this last night, I believe that we're at this point where we're not going to know or trust the results of this election until somebody in the news media tells us. So somebody on a Fox, a CNN, an ABC, a CBS, or a MSNBC, they're going to tell us what the results were and we're just going to accept it. And that is scary because what happens if, I mean, obviously the media is not on the side of Trump right now, but just put that into your perspective. What if the media loved Trump and all the things that some people think that he's doing that are just terrible, but the medium media gave him a pass on everything. Um, what if the media calls it for Trump, but everything in the, in the numbers shows that no, there's, there's still room for Biden to win. That's a scary scenario to envision because not only do you have distrust in the media, you have, the media playing an active role in determining who wins versus just being a raw vote count right now. You've got a lot of momentum where in past years, just the, the, the few elections that I really witnessed firsthand, th this election should have been called by now, but they're really playing into the mail-in ballots, having a heavy influence, excuse me, heavy influence. And so now we're waiting days for an election that historically we've known on November 3rd. And so something else to keep an eye out for. I don't know if this will happen or not. Trump is obviously already saying that if they call us for Biden, that um, they're going to court, that they're going to start filing. And um, I would assume there would be recounts. And so before you let the media twist your focus and they say, well, now Trump's calling for a, re a recount, and this is just delaying the inevitable that Biden has won, blah, blah, blah. Don't let them sell you that, because just think back to, what is it, 2000, Gore Bush, and what was it, three recounts? All of them 
recertified that Bush won, but they called for recount, recount, recount. And so if there is the ability to recertify, re-verify the vote, the results of the election, and the Trump wants to do that, the the Trump party wants to do that, I think that that is um, annoying, yes, but it's within their rights. And I, I can't guarantee that if I was in the same position that I wouldn't exhaust every possible way to make sure that this election is fair and that the results are tallied accurately um, at such a, a pivotal point in the direction of our country. And so with that, um, getting back to the subscription platforms, find out who you trust and subscribe, pick one, pick two, whatever. I think it's very important to, to have those voices that are more free and more independent from you know, it's just like watching a movie on HBO versus watching it on regular cable. Uh, HBO is way more uh, well-produced. You've got, of course, you've got the violence, you've got the nudity and the language and all that. But what it is, is they can put whatever they want in that show and they're beholden to their fans. They're not beholden to a cable news network with, with advertisers, which is very important. So apply that to the news reporting of the news. If I'm a news reporter and I've got a news article here and I believe I've got a slant on it where other news outlets are not giving it that um, that perspective, whether it's like the New York Post article about the uh, the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptops, or if it's about Trump and NAFTA or trade deals with China, whatever it is, if you have a unique perspective on it and you want to put that out you don't want to be beholden to a cable news network saying, yes, we will run with this because our advertisers are okay with it. You want to be above that. And so a subscription platform really is more above being a, um, a slave or being shackled to uh, just advertisers. Because advertisers, want to, they don't want to advertise on a network that is polarizing. They want to advertise on a network that is mass consumed by the American populace. That way they can appeal to the most people at the same time with less advertising dollars. So advertisers don't like uh, networks that are more subscription run because they're it's the wild west at this point. And so anyways, that's, that's very important. Um, I wanted to highlight something before we, we close out. I'm going to make this one pretty short. I'm trying to keep these short. I know I've completely failed on episode one and two, so I apologize for that. But 30 to 40 minutes is really going to be my sweet spot. Uh, at least that's what I'm going for. So real quick, before we close this one out, um, I, I saw a friend of mine on Facebook, and she's uh, she's married. She's got two beautiful children, one newborn. But her oldest son has, I won't go into what it is, but pre-existing conditions. And a person from her high school, we went to high school with this person, decided to jump on a, a post that my friend had put on Facebook saying that she had voted. So then this random person from high school goes on there and says, I can't believe you voted for Trump. Your son has pre-existing conditions. Almost as if it was a news to my friend, the mother of the child. And it really, as soon as I saw that, I thought just the balls to jump on there and say, Hey, in case you forgot, your son's got pre-existing conditions. What are you doing voting for Trump? And it was, to me, it was just, just absolute the gall of this person. Well, my friend called her out and said, listen, 
You never talked to me in high school. I tried to be your friend for years. You were an absolute bully. And now here you are years later commenting on my post. You never comment on my, on my Facebook posts, but you got the balls to come out and tell me that I should be voting a certain way because that's how you think that I should be raising my child. And to me, it, it, it underscored a very important point. And, oh shoot, who was it? Um, Oh, I remember who it was. It's not, it's not somebody in the mainstream media, but somebody from another podcast I listened to that was, that put out a post saying basically sarcastically, you know, thank you all you celebrities for telling me how to vote, telling me to to vote. If you hadn't told me what to do, I wouldn't have known what to do. And obviously sarcasm. So it's, it's like, you don't know where people are coming from. And that's the whole point of the point B podcast. And we'll close with this. You don't know where people are coming from. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you grew up, what troubles you had to go through or troubles you are currently presently going through. Nobody knows what all that matters is where if when we have these um, opportunities to influence each other and to learn from each other. And I see every episode of this podcast as an opportunity for me to give my perspective. And I hope that you will use any sort of inspiration that I give on here as your opportunity to go out and do the same thing. Make your voice heard efficiently and effectively. Sharing a post with a snarky comment on Facebook or a a snarky tweet or being a smartass on Instagram or whatever it is. That is not the way to convey a message. The way to convey a message, in my opinion, is this longer form, full sentences, well thought out, well planned, and concise verbiage through a podcast or a YouTube live or a Facebook live, whatever it is. Use your voice efficiently. And so um, with that being said, as we, you know, we came from point A and now we're here at point B and now we go back out into the world. Take that, that attitude of positivity, that attitude of benefit of the doubt, give that to your friends, even people who aren't your friends yet, somehow your friends on Facebook, instead of saying those snarky comments, just stop and think, all right, where are they coming from? Why do they believe that way? And if you, if you don't know, then ask, just say, well, I'm not trying to debate you here, but why do you believe this way? And, and just see what happens. You never know. Um, so with that, we'll close out, obviously, November 4th, day after the election, as I'm refreshing this uh, the uh, presidential race results here on Apple News. They're still showing 238 Biden, 213. It's uh, almost noon here, Central Standard Time here in Texas. So we will see what happens. But make, again, I think I said it in episode two. I'll say it again here reaffirm in your own mind that you will be peaceful in whoever wins the presidency, even if it's not your guy, that you will pray and support for your new president and hope for the best. Because if, if your guy wins and does a terrible job, okay, you get to say that your guy is in office, but you did a terrible job. And if the guy that you vehemently oppose is in office you are incentivized and you are responsible to pray for and encourage that person to make good decisions because when they make good decisions that's good for all of us regardless of political affiliation so i'll get off my soapbox now and let you get back to your life be positive be encouraging give each other the benefit of the doubt 
And uh, we'll see you. I I hope to post another episode towards the end of this week with a little debrief of the week. So I will see you then. Take care.